Hello and welcome to episode 45 of Owen the Saints. I'm your host, Patrick Surlitz. With me this evening is my co-host, Jack. Jack, how are you doing? I'm okay, thank you, mate. How are things with you in the States? Not too bad, thank you. Looking forward to an evening of NFL playoffs uh, tonight. Baltimore Ravens against Buffalo Bills. Uh, big Ravens fans tonight. So um, looking forward to that and, and fingers crossed by the time you're listening, they are through to the AFC Championship game. We shall see. Um, for those of you who have listened to us before, welcome back. Thank you for persevering with us. We are improving, I promise. For new listeners wondering what we are about, in the words of one of our followers, Dean Thompson, there is a little preamble straight into the footy talk. Thank you, Dean. And in that spirit, enough preamble. We are chatting one hour after the final whistle at the King Power, a disappointing 2-0 defeat to Leicester on Saturday evening. Not a good result, but not a bad performance. We'll come on to that, discussing all the action from our fifth defeat of the season. After 18 games, and as of Saturday night, we sit eighth in the table, 29 points, fantastic return, three off the top four, and six back from our opponents, Leicester, who have moved up to second with that victory over us. 12 months ago, we avenged that infamous result with a 2-1 win in the East Midlands. This weekend, we entered the game pretty much as equals in the table, but ultimately undone by what appeared to me to be a lack of depth. We'll discuss that. But first, Jack, what did you make of the 90 minutes? I wasn't too disappointed with the 90 minutes, to be honest, considering everything that's happened recently in terms of injuries and suspensions and things like that. I think we gave a great account of ourselves going toe-to-toe with a team that are fighting for European spots and potentially fighting for the title. I'm sure we're going to talk about the injuries, but that ultimately affected the the, the result massively, didn't it? Missing key players like Ings, Vestergaard, Romeo, Gineppo, Redmond, all these players that would be in and around the starting eleven. Ultimately, if you look at our, our squad and, and the options that we had off the bench today, we didn't have enough. Um, but I think in the first half, I think we can we can start positive because we, in the first half, some of the football we were playing, we created some chances, Shadams had some brilliant chances. Um, you know, I was... I went into the game kind of with no pressure. When I saw, as soon as I saw the team sheet, I thought anything we get here is a bonus. And I was pleasantly surprised with the way we started and put them on the back foot. Yeah, I mean, the first half, as you said, was good. I mean, I'm sure the people that are listening watched the game, but just to kind of hammer home the point of who was who was absent, who we were missing, um, Gineppo, Danny Ings, obviously, having tested positive for COVID, Obafemi, Redmond, Salasu, Teller, Romeo, Vestergaard, Right there, that you're looking at what four, five players that would walk straight back into our starting eleven. Yeah. So desperately short of of key players and match winners, and that really did show. Uh, there was a lot of chat when the team news came out about the bench. Now there's some players on there that I've I hold my hands up. I don't even know, never even heard of them. I <laughs> didn't know who they were. <laughs> I'm sure I'm going to butcher some of these um, some of these names in terms of the pronunciations. But we had a Chapaset on there. Not sure who that who that is, but wish him all the best and, and hope he has a great Saints career. That will um, allow me to learn his name. Valerie, who came on again this after, this, this evening. Vokins, Ferry, Watts, Long, uh, Chalk and Lundaloo. And then Fraser Forster, who dropped back to the bench with Alex McCarthy coming back in. Wolf Smallbone coming into the midfield and Che Adams returning as well. Um, as mentioned, Ings and, Ings and Gineppo being out. So, so many injuries. And, and I kind of wanted to, to make the point with my intro, the fact that Leicester are second now in the table. They're a good side. And for that first half, we created lots of opportunities. 
uh, mainly for Che Adams. His link up with Walcott and Smallbone looked really, really promising. We had had a, a kind of break of about 12 days with the Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury game being postponed. And that break, I feel like players like Adams have really benefited from that. He came in and he looked back to the Che Adams that we'd seen previously in terms of bussing around, putting in tackles, breaking breaking um, the offside trap. And, and, he, and he had a few opportunities in that first half. He did, yeah. I think the link-up play, you just touched on it there. Walcott, Adams, Stuart Armstrong and Will Smallbone was brilliant. Those four players in that first half were absolutely brilliant. Um, we saw a bit of Adams and Walcott as a partnership a few weeks back, a few months back, and it did look very promising. Saints fans were calling to see more of it, and I think Hassan Hill has you know, varied that strike partnership a bit, but I thought it was brilliant to see them two again. And... The, yeah, the one-touch passing was was spot on. Everything was to feet. Everything was you know on the money, um, and we were causing problems. I think Fafana is a brilliant, brilliant player. Leicester have got on their hands there, but you know he was on a booking. Shea Adams, I remember what brilliant slide tackle he put on an in, won the ball and nearly nearly threaded someone in. So a player like that that's getting a lot of plaudits this season was made to you know look to look a bit exposed by those Southampton attackers. And I think that's great credit to them. Definitely. Um, unfortunately, we, we go behind just before half time. James Madison. Now, there wasn't too much going on in the game in terms of talking points, but this this for me is one um, for two reasons. The goal itself, the defending by Jack Stevens, and then also in the build up to the goal, uh, referee Stuart Atwell deciding not to give a free kick, which to, for what looked like a blatant tug on Ibrahima Diallo um, from Indeedy. What was your take on the Diallo foul that that wasn't? I mean, it's 100% a foul. Even Steve McManaman saw the foul at the time. That shows how obvious it is because he usually misses those kind of ones. But um, it just, it so obviously just pulled him back as he went, drove past him. And that's what Diallo has been brilliant at. And especially in the Liverpool game, and he started again today as driving past players. I think we've got a great play on our hands, but it was just an obvious tug back. Um, should have been a free kick, really disappointing. Really disappointing. Um, and I'm watching it in the States, but I saw people tweet that uh, it was too far. There was too much of a gap between that foul and the goal for VAR to get involved. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. It's about the phase. And I think it was the second or third phase after that foul. So they couldn't go back and look at it. Yeah. I mean, so, so that comes on to the second point, really. I mean, it's an obvious free kick. The referees missed it. It's poor refereeing. But we had opportunities to deal with it in between that moment and then the ball hitting the back of the net. And really, unfortunately, I don't like digging out players, but the defending from Jack Stevens was woeful. Um, you made a good point. We, we, we were chatting at halftime. I'll let you make it now. But, but that defending on James Madison, you just can't let that happen, can you? No. Um, what, what I thought when I saw it is that if that's Jamie Vardy spinning the defender, you can hold your hands up and say he's one of the best finishers in the league and he's quick and he's wiry and he does that to a lot of defenders. But James Madison doesn't do that. I don't think I've ever seen him spin a centre-back like that and do him for pace and then create that yard of space. He just doesn't have that in his locker, that kind of turn and agility and and pace and acceleration. So, yeah, you can't you can't be getting done by James Madison there. Disappointing from Jack Stevens because, you know, we've had three clean sheets on the ro- in a row. Him and Bednarak have, you know, formed a decent partnership in the absence of Vestergaard, who's been a massive miss. But it, it does seem to be 
those kind of mistakes that are costing us goals are unfortunately coming through Jack Stevens. That's it, I think, really. That, that that's the that's the point for me. I think we've I've tweeted about it before and I've said it before on the podcast. For Jack Stevens is an okay player, but what lets him down is just those lapses in concentration. That if you want to be a Premier League player, you can't make them because you will get punished. Um, if it's not someone at the top of their game like Jamie Vardy, then you really shouldn't be getting punished, like you said, by someone that James, like someone like James Madison. That's not his game at all. Um, but he, he, Stevens, just was was just soft, played off him, and, and got turned, and we won no down. From there, Bertrand had an opportunity. Casper uh, Schmeichel slightly fortunate, I think. Um, with his save off the inside of his forearm to deflect that over the crossbar. But then we we chatted about it at half time. You look at our bench, we've already gone through it. Like, how is Ralph gonna change? How is Ralph gonna change the flow of the game? We had a good first half. I think we probably on balance, we could say that we were slightly unfortunate to be in at half time, one nil down. But you just looked at it in the second half and was like, How are we gonna get back into it into this without making changes? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had a great first half. When I think we started the second half really well. Will Smallburn had a chance on the left-hand side, um, tried to bend it into the far post and it got parried out to Walcott who couldn't react quick enough. So it was a good first half and a good start to the second half. But as what seems to be a bit of a theme in Southampton games, that's when quality of oppositions tell and then they can change it up a little bit and we have no other options. Players tire and the, the final half an hour is really back to the wall. Yeah, but, um, yeah. I mean, it was there was there was some good chances in the, the start of the first half, second half even. I mean, they've spent a lot of money, but just just to kind of illustrate that point, um, Fafana and Diallo both won yellow cards in the first half. Rogers made the change. I think their bench was much stronger. They had the opportunity to bring on um, a Turkish international that's played thirty times for his country uh, in place of Fafana to kind of plug that gap and, and to avoid the red card. We ultimately, and at the very end, Diallo was, was substituted, but we just didn't have that luxury. Like Diallo's playing well. He's one of our best players. We don't have the ability to take him off when he's on a yellow card at the moment because we have nobody behind him to come on. Um, yeah, there literally was no one, was there? There was and nobody. He was, he was quite lucky to even stay on the pitch. A little pullback on James Madison at the start of the second half where you'd be very disappointed if that's a yellow, but... You see yeah. them. You see them given. I mean, there was. It was a story. Of, the game was a story of that. That foul, basically, that type of foul. It was the one that mm. wasn't given on Diallo. A little tug by Ndidi, and then two minutes later, Diallo gets booked for a very similar pullback, and then he could have been sent off because he did it again, mm. but for whatever reason. And, and on the com- comms here in the US, they said that you could hear the Leicester bench saying the only reason why he didn't get that second yellow was because he's already been booked and the ref knew that and he didn't want to send him off because um, he was already on a yellow card for a, for a very similar offence. Now, Stuart Atwell didn't have the best game. I don't know whether that's the case or not. Um, but the second half, really, it kind of felt like it, it petered out a little bit. Stuart Armstrong, though, created something out of nothing and you felt like if we were going to grab something from the game, if we were going to grab that point when it was 1-0, it was going to come from a set piece or, or just a a long distance goal and, and Armstrong had that had that strike that hit the crossbar 
yeah, there was two key chances in that second half. It was that Armstrong strike, which I think took a slight deflection, hit the crossbar, but it was a brilliant strike. And the Ward-Prowse one on the edge of the box where he, he got set. And I think he'll be disappointed with that because you've got to be hitting the target there. There's a few Leicester players in front of him, but he's got to be doing more. And Gareth Southgate was in the stands watching that. He would have hoped that he would have tried and hit the target and test Casper Schmeichel to um, get in his plans a bit more. But yeah, it was those two chances, really. Um, and disappointing to see Smallbone get injured, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, we've already gone through our absentee list for today. We can add two more to that. Will Smallbone picking up what looked like a pretty nasty knee injury. Now, you think mm. you cross your fingers and you hope it's not an ACL. He did try and run it off. I don't know how on earth you run off an ACL, um, but they gave him a couple of minutes and it just wasn't right. So they took him off. And, and Ryan Bertrand also picked up what was a pretty stupid yellow card for a little altercation with Mark Albrighton. And he'll miss the game, uh, our next game, which is at home to Arsenal. We've obviously got the Shrewsbury rearranged fixture, fixture for the FA Cup before that. Um, it remains to be seen. Hopefully, we get a few players back before the Arsenal game. I would expect to see a heavily, heavily rotated side against Shrewsbury. A lot of those youngsters that made the bench today will probably feature on Tuesday night in the FA Cup. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. But um... on Smallbone, actually, you just mentioned. What did you make of his performance? Because disappointing to get injured, but that's the kind of first real look that we've we've seen him for a while. Um, he obviously was in the team towards the end of last season, playing well, um, making an impact. Had a quiet start to the season now suffering a little bit with injuries and, and I think a lack of form as a result of that came into the side today and looked pretty bright. Very good. Very good. I was a bit worried before the game seeing his name on the team sheet. He hasn't played a lot of football, like you said. Um, and I thought it was going to be a big, big test for him coming in against a very strong team. But I thought he held his own very tidy on the ball. The, the Will Smallburn that we saw at glimpses of last season. Um, yeah, he just seems a bit of like a Stuart Armstrong type of attacking midfielder that good running with the ball. He's not going to beat the defender, but just a, just a good all-round footballer. Um, I thought it was interesting what you said there just about Ryan Bertrand missing out in that Arsenal game. And I think that just does hammer home the fact of how short we are. Who Cole on earth is going to play at left-back now? Who's playing left-back? Who's <laughs> playing left-back? Um and Carl Walker-Peters is one booking off the suspension as well. So I was thinking during that game, if he got a booking there, what are our fullback options It'd going into Valerie that Valerie Invokings, I guess. Valerie Invokings. And that is, belongs in the under-23s, doesn't it? So there's real, real decisions need to be made, in my opinion, in that fullback position because we're leaving ourselves too short and too threadbare. I don't know what, what the situation is behind the scenes, but the latest <laughs> I've seen um, on Brandon Williams suggests that we're not in the running anymore for him. Don't know whether that means that we're just not going to bring anyone in or we've moved on to another target. Um, I think a lot of a lot of the listeners would have seen on Twitter, on social media, the financial results for Southampton. Not particularly nice reading, uh, pretty grim in fact, in terms of the losses that we've sustained to be expected, um, considering COVID and behind closed doors, obviously, Revenue has dried up with no fans in the stadium. That's to be expected. At the same time, we've shot ourselves in the foot, as we've said so many times before with our recruitment. And for those of you that might not have seen, um, but there was a line in the accounts, which was basically uh, a transfer fee written off and wages written off that 
add them together, it, it combines to about 10 million pounds of, of waste that seems to be Carrillo. Um, obviously, he left the club. Uh, his contract was was terminated by mutual consent. And it seems like we've taken a massive 10 million pound um, loss on that as a result of it. So a combination of COVID and poor recruitment has left us in a pretty difficult financial position. And, and in this position, it's hard to see us going out and strengthening in the window, um, which considering the current injury crisis that we have, and, and it's, it is bordering on that now in terms of, you look at our bench, I mean, it, it is a bit of an injury crisis. So, yeah, um, I think just that is absolutely sickening to think of a £10 million loss because of Guido Carrillo, someone that we didn't even see much of in a Saints shirt. But just on that injury crisis, there's some quotes here from Hassan Hootel after the game saying, it's a strange season. I've never had so many injuries like we have at the moment. It's a combination of everything we are facing with a rushed schedule and no pre-season. So I think he certainly sees this as quite a unprecedented time as a manager for himself. We've got a huge, huge injury list. And it's obviously, like you said, a difficult season with fixtures coming in here, there and everywhere and games being cancelled and games being shoehorned in in between Premier League fixtures. So very difficult to manage and compounded by the fact that we've got a very thin squad. One thing I would say on that is thank God that we've got 29 points on the board. Exactly. Um, because of if this sort of injury um, situation had happened in previous seasons, we'd be in desperate, desperate trouble in terms of digging ourselves out, out of a hole. So from that from that side of things, you can look at it as a positive that we have the points on the board. We're in a pretty strong position, as you said, coming into the game today. Uh, a little bit of a, let's just see what happens and take what we can get from the game. We do have to talk about lack of goals. That's one goal now in our last five games. Um, previous before, we'd scored 10 in our previous five. So the goals have completely dried up. Our only goal coming against Liverpool in the 1-0 victory. So how concerned are you uh, about the lack of firepower with, when Danny Ings misses out? I mean, it's very concerning when Danny Ings isn't in the team. When he's there, I think you know, I've got no concerns about us hitting the back of the net and hopefully he's going to be back in that next game against Arsenal. But yeah, I think players do need to step up. I think that is a fact. Shea Adams has stepped up this season to a certain extent, but I think he's got a few more levels to go up in terms of scoring a few more goals. Dan and Nundaloo is looking promising. Fantastic nutmeg tonight. <laughs> that was probably the highlight of, the, of my one evening. One of the highlights, for sure. One of, one of the highlights. Theo Walcott has been very good since we brought in, but I think he's got a couple of goals. Maybe you want to add a few more goals, especially if he's playing a bit more central. And then Shane Long, we've talked about him he won't score if you play him up front 38 games I don't think you've got to get a goal so it's it's pretty much on it's on Shea Theo and and Danny and the issue is how many games will Danny play that's yeah. the issue that is that Dan Sheldon of The Athletic um, put together an article before um, the Leicester game uh, Leicester game talking about the lack of goals and how we have been the most efficient side in the Premier League in attack uh, prior to that. Prior to Saturday's game, twenty-six goals scored, um, which, when you compare it to our expected goals, which is just shy of eighteen, makes us the best or most efficient um, in front of goal. Now, the reasons for that is Danny Ings being one scoring 
from positions that other strikers wouldn't. You think about the goal that he scored against Aston Villa. Um, Liverpool. Liverpool as well. He scores out of nothing. And you also think about James Ward-Prowse and his free kicks. Those are situations where the expected goals is low. But when you put him in front of in front of the ball, um, it gives us an excellent opportunity. So we've been outperforming from that point of view. And the, and the last few games, we've obviously reverted back to the mean a little bit and and we've been a bit closer to what you'd expect when you look at the stats in terms of our output so it is concerning to a certain extent but at the same time it's not because I would say that we ended the game against Liverpool with Nathan Teller and Dan and Lundaloo up front we ended the game today with Dan and Lundaloo up front alongside Shane Long who as you as you mentioned wouldn't score if we played a whole season up front so it would concern me more if we were at full strength and we were struggling to score. But at the moment, I'm not too concerned about it because fingers crossed we get some of these players back fit and we know when we get them back, they'll score goals. We'll create opportunities. We did create chances today. On another day, we could have scored one. Um, I just think it comes down to the players that we have available. And for that reason, really, I'm taking this game, looking at it from a pretty optimistic point of view. The result wasn't great, but the performance wasn't bad. Without doubt, I'm optimistic as well. And yeah, nail on the head there. If, if we're playing Danny Ings, Musa Gineppo, Nathan Redmond and all those kind of starters today and we're not scoring, then that is quite worrying. But Hassan Hootel said in his post-match press conference today, he's hoping that players are coming back as soon as possible. So I haven't seen anything to suggest that players are going to be out for months at a time. Hopefully it's going to be yeah. in the next few weeks. Yeah, I mean, the one is Vestergaard, which... Yeah, that's the worry. I mean, we're looking, I think we're looking at probably a couple of weeks into, and then maybe into February um, before he, he returns. Obviously, you hope it's, Danny it's, Ings. It's good that we've got Salasu, though, to come in for Vestergaard <laughs> when, whenever he fancies it. <laughs> well, I'd, any, any idea why he was missing today? I didn't see anything. No, I think he's got an injury, but a mystery injury as far as I'm aware. Okay, mystery injury. Um. Yeah, hopefully Danny Ings is, is fit for the Arsenal game, which actually now is about 10 days' time. So we play Arsenal on the Tuesday. So we have got a bit of an opportunity to get some of those players back. They haven't been going particularly, particularly well. So it could be a good time to play against them. Um, any other bits and pieces you want to talk about from today's game? I just want to touch on Ibrahim and Diallo. We've already mentioned on that yellow card, perhaps fortunate to stay on the pitch. But star of the show against Liverpool in that win. And then today again, with an opportunity again, with an opportunity with Romeo out, I thought he played well. He did. He did play well. And he just picked up from where he left off against Liverpool. I think he was dynamic, wanted the ball, calm on the ball, beating players. Um, yeah, definitely deserves a shout out. Alex McCarthy with some brilliant saves. Again, we spoke about him a lot. Um, I was just thinking about the conversation we had about 15 minutes ago about Jack Stevens, And I kind of want to, I, th- I do think he's a very Marmite kind of player for Southampton where he divides a lot of opinion. And my final word on it, I'm just thinking about it now, is that, is that obviously he's making big mistakes. However, there are other players making mistakes. I remember in that second half, I know Bednarek had a decent game, but he passed the ball to a Leicester player two or three times and mm-hmm. didn't, didn't, go, didn't get punished. Awful defending from Jack Stevens. He gets punished, and we're talking about him. We're picking him out. His performance. There are other. I, what I'm trying to say is that I don't think Bednarak is 
untouchable in terms no. of criticism. I do think he deserves a little bit of criticism and it doesn't. he seems to avoid it and players like Jack Stevens seem to get it. I don't know whether it's because he's played in the football league and he's played for Swindon and people see him as that kind of player. But mm. I think there are other players that maybe deserve some criticism as well. What, what I would say, I, I know the one. I know one moment you're talking about in terms of Bednarak, where I think it went to Vardy and Vardy went through. And what I would say there is Bednarak recovered really, really well. It wasn't a great touch from Vardy, um, but Bednarak like completely, um, like completely recovered, got back goal side and forced him wide to the goal line, and mm. and that was good defending. What from what was. Uh, a pretty awful mistake from him. What I would say on Stevens and why I think I'd be more critical or much more critical of Jack Stevens versus Jan Bednarak is because for me, and maybe this is harsh, I don't know, but it's for me, I feel like those mistakes that Stevens make makes happen every time he plays. And it's just a question of, is he getting punished for them? Yeah. Today he got punished for it. I mean, it was a pretty poor piece of defending. Every time he plays, there's at least one moment in the game where I think, oh God, we've gotten away with that or we've conceded a goal because of it. And maybe that's harsh on on Jack Stevens, but it just feels to me like he has lapses in concentration every single time he plays in the Premier League for us. That's That's probably an exaggeration. It probably isn't every single time, but it just feels like that because they've accumulated over the period of time that we had him at the back. I think you're right. I think you're right. Benrack's recovery was brilliant and he doesn't seem to make them as as frequently as Jack Stevens. Interesting to get our audience, our listeners' views. So yeah. if you do have a view on Jack Stevens and you are listening now and you're a massive fan or you want him out of the club, love to hear your view because I think he's, a, he's an interesting player for Southampton because I think sometimes he gets too much criticism, but it is it is deserved in some areas. And I think we need to end on a positive though. We need to end Yeah, I'll just, just to go back, to, just to not to go on too long, but... Another thing that I would say about Jack Stevens is this is again it might be unfair, but when we struggled in previous seasons was when he was a much bigger fixture in the team, and I don't think that that was a particular. I think they, I think the two were were linked. And now I'm not saying that it was all his fault um, for us struggling down towards the bottom of the table for a couple of seasons and, and narrowly avoiding relegation and and all that all that came with that under Pellegrino and under Hughes. But I do feel that he was a more of a key player in our team. He was playing in a poor team, so it's hard to play well in a team that's lacking confidence and not playing well. But I just feel like that he's not got the ability to play high up the Premier League, which is where mm. we want to be aiming. Like, if your team has Jack Stevens at centre-back, you're going to be down towards the bottom of the Premier League or you're going to be high up in the Championship. And I think that's his level. I think what what Southampton fans need to remember is that he's not our starting centre-back and I don't think he's a bad third choice. Yeah. I think a lot of other teams have worse third choices than Jack Stevens coming in. So if Vestergaard and Bednarak is our first choice and we've also tried to bring in another centre-back, it does Absolutely. show that he's, yeah. the club don't see him as our starting centre-back. So it's just a shame that we've got injuries and Salas who's not playing really. That's, that's, a, that's a great point. I mean, ultimately, I think the club sees him as fourth choice. Mm. Everybody's fit. And and I and I would agree with that. I, I think that's that's pretty spot on. Um, well, so Shrewsbury FA Cup third round on Tuesday, and then we'll be back after the Arsenal game, which is the following Tuesday. So a little break for us now. As you said, Jack, want to end on a positive. Not the result that we wanted this afternoon, but I think my main take my main takeaway would be 
considering the team that we had out, considering the injuries, considering the problems that Ralph's been been battling, a good performance um, and certainly one that with a few starters back in the team, I think we can I think we can kick on with with Arsenal up next. Definitely, I think in. You know, easily could have been beaten four or five against that Leicester team if we didn't put in a performance today. But we did put in a performance and we gave a very good account of ourselves. And I think we can be optimistic, get a few faces back into the starting eleven, and we'll hopefully give Arsenal a very good game and take three points to St Mary's next Tuesday. Speak to you then, mate. Nice one. Have a good rest of the weekend. 